Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here on a Sunday afternoon or maybe a Monday morning with you. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. The, The potent aroma of the blueberry cobbler is wafting throughout our studio here at the Super Talk uh, facility. Because Joel T. Coleman has made his stop of the day. Yeah, it's fueling the show, too, because yeah. I'm about to go down. So are. are you thank tired? You, thank you. I am. I, I don't know. Just What are you doing It's kind of worn out. It's kind of worn out, What'd man. You do? What have you done this weekend? Whenever you have a... a uh, don't, don't talk to me about small children. I've had well, them. Well, you've had them. Uh, and I've also got a pregnant wife yeah. Yeah, in, oh, yeah, in the midst yeah. of this. Yeah. A nearly time to bring the third child into the world pregnant wife yeah we're getting there um i tried to do at least three pieces of, of content a day yeah uh on top of the fact that today is a sunday which yeah. means i've got church responsibilities too sure sure then i have to come up here stare at your face and do a show worn out i guess worn i mean out, i man. guess i, I, I need i need i need some need some go juice Take a little sip there. Get, Believe get, will. get yourself through it. Here we go. Continue the read as I fuel up. I mean, maybe that's the whole read is just the sound of Joel taking a sip of that hot coffee. <sighs> there we go. Uh, and of course, if you're if you're in Joel's shoes and you need a, a little a little shot of enthusiasm to get through the day, or if you just want something delicious to drink, or you want a frozen treat, well then you know where to go. Head over to Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Head over to Strange Brew Coffee House. They'll get you taken care of. They've been taking care of us throughout this entire uh, crazy uh, year. So you make sure you're taking care of them as well. College Corner is still taking care of you as well. They have got you hooked up with the greatest special we've ever had the privilege of doing. On I, I'm talking about me. For me, I have never had a special like this. Never had anything like this where they're just giving it away. But it's still in effect. You can get a gift card from collegecornerstore.com and get 30% off that purchase. So you can buy a $100 gift card for only 70 bucks. Why would you not do that then? Why wouldn't it be the case? I mean, we really are only about four months from Christmas, guys. Yeah. So... And just if based on the post office stuff we keep reading, it's not getting. You're not, you, yeah. If you haven't ordered yet, it might not happen. It might not happen. <laughs> and, and odds are, some of you will buy Mississippi State gear for your loved ones. Yeah. Uh, so why not pay seventy dollars? Yeah. And get a hundred dollars worth of gear. There's only one type of person that wouldn't want to do that. A fool. <laughs> so don't be a fool. Go to collegecornerstore.com today. Get your gift card. Get yourself taken care of. You're right over there. I had Mr. T on the brain there for a minute. I pitied a fool. I pitied a fool that doesn't shop at College Corner. <laughs> Our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems. <laughs> All right. Mm. I don't. You know, it's one thing if you, you know spew a drink is one thing. I, I might, but if it's hot coffee, I'm yeah, going to be better, a little. Keep that that's going to get on my face, and that's going to hurt a little. We have plenty of social distance. I don't think I can spit it. I'm going to like, I'm gonna have to like wipe myself down with one of these these Clorox wipes that I have, <laughs> that I have hoarded. <laughs> <laughs> I got like the last thing in the state of Mississippi. Somebody one day 
coronavirus is going to be gone. They're just going to have cabinets full of Lysol. They'll and, deserve and, it. And, Everyone who, who hoarded, yeah. knows, I hope you get stuck with everything. I hope you have to build an add-on for all the toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and Clorox wipes you have in your house. Uh. And I hope you get overcharged for it. Uh, Advantage Business Systems doesn't want you to be overcharging or underwhelming your customers. They want you to be taking care of your customers with the best possible business, and they know the solutions to get you there. They've been doing this for over 45 years, helping businesses in the Magnolia State that whole time, including Mississippi State University. So why don't you give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. We are uh, Sunday as we're recording the podcast. Maybe you're listening on Sunday. It might be Monday. Monday means school has started at Mississippi State University. We've, I, I learned there's a lot of people who get upset when the sun rises this weekend. Like, oh God, the sun came up again. I'm mad because they were getting mad about what was going on in the cotton industry. Like, what did you expect? Yeah. What What did you expect? That this is the whole point. This is the whole thing we've been talking about this whole time. These kids were going to come back. They weren't going to observe this. This was the discussion in June, and mm-hmm. now it finally happens. Like, people are shocked. I'm not shocked. I expected it. Yeah. So, but school is back in session on Monday. Welcome back, MSU students. We have missed you, except for the traffic. I haven't missed that. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I drove down Highway 12 yesterday, and it was miserable from a, you know, traffic traffic standpoint. standpoint but I did it with a smile on my face. Back. Like, yeah. It feels kind of normal again. Yeah, we're, 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 nature is healing. Yeah. Uh, and but for the, our per- purposes of this podcast, for our pod purposes, per per, per podses, I don't know. Uh, football practice starts on Tuesday. Yes, first football practice of the year. We have learned that we're going to be getting some uh, virtual availability with players, assistant coaches, and of course Mike Leach uh, himself. So we'll have reporting on all of that. I think it's only fair, though. You know, I've seen some other people doing it, but maybe ours are different. What are our questions? You know, that's that's the big deal, right? That's you know what. Well, let's start though with this. What isn't a question? What is locked in? You know it about Mississippi State this year. Give me give me a couple of things for you that you know is, is going to happen. That we can I, come back and make fun of you if you're wrong. Okay. I, the first thing that jumps off the page to me is. You can count on Kylan Hill to be productive. Uh, that's a very good choice. Um, if you want to question, can he catch 80 passes or whatever, feel free to do so. I think that he can. He lined up in the slot some in high school. Um, he's an athlete. He is excited about the offense. I I think you can take Kylan Hill to the bank. He, he's going to be a productive member of this offense. I think thing number two that you can bank on and it sounds weird to say this because we've never seen the guy in maroon and white, save for maybe some, maybe a picture or two or a edited picture or two. Yeah, KJ right. Costello. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty safe bet. I think that those around him may not be as safe of a bet, which I think that's one of the questions we can get to. But I think from a him putting the ball where it needs to be in decision making standpoint. If you look at his past and you look at his resume and you look at the resume of Mike Leach and what he does with quarterbacks, I think you can take K.J. Costello to the bank that he's going to do his job. Uh, Let me make you make a prediction here. The Mississippi State single-season passing record is 3,793 yards. Dak in 2015? Dak in 2015. In 10 games, can that will that be broken this year? That's so, averaging like 375 a game or so. No, three seventy five would be short. 
You need to average 300, to 380 yards. yards a game. With 380 yards you gotta a game, remember, which is seven yards. You got to remember, it's all it's against all SEC conference defense. Players. I don't there's think. No, I don't no think running so. up. Yeah, I don't think so. That is something we're going to about to discuss: is how different that makes a lot of things for Mississippi State and for everybody in the conference. But you know, from an MSU perspective, that the, that it's only ten games. For example, when we haven't talked about it on the show, I think we, uh, I think it happened after we were done recording. But Malik Heath being arrested. Yeah. Normally, you would think, okay, well, he's just going to miss the New Mexico game. But what if that first game is against Auburn? Or even, you know, it doesn't matter who it's really against. It's an SEC team. Outside of Arkansas or Vanderbilt, he's playing. He's not going to get suspended. We'll see. We'll I, mean, see. I don't think. I, I don't know. Um, you know. It almost always seems like a guy that gets a DUI yeah. is suspended a game. Like, and this, I know it's different it happens, coaches. Happens every year. I, I know, I know it's different coaches and different, but it almost always seems like somebody yeah. misses a game. Yeah, you're right. But you never open with Auburn. You've never opened with conference play um, in ten games at the end of September. Yeah, so. so I don't know, but I tend to if I if you made me guess, mm-hmm. I would guess he misses a game. I'm going to say something here. Well, it's this gonna, is a podcast, so it's a good thing you got things to say. <laughs> it's going to be close on that passing record. I think it's going to be close. Because they're just going to throw the football. So oh much. yeah, I mean he's going to be up there. Even if they're losing, they're throwing the football. You know, so. he, he's going to be up there. I just don't. I, I don't see him averaging close to four hundred yards a game. That, we, we, you know, you say that, but we were talking about four forty five hundred on twelve games. That's true, but you're also playing. But you were playing. You had those games where you might get to six hundred or yeah. something, something crazy. It's going um, to be close. It's, it's going to be close. Th- um, things that I'm counting on too, though. I, I think the O line's fine. Yeah, you're right about that. That's a good call. That's a good call. So, so well, you didn't have a defensive thing you're you're sure about. Uh, if sure I about if I did, it would actually be the D line, which yeah. going in last year was probably the biggest question. So, at defense, I don't know, man. It, it could it could be really good if like Pickering and Crumity take another step forward. Uh, we already know Marquis Spencer and Kobe Jones are solid players. Mm-hmm. If they take a step forward, mm-hmm. then that makes everybody else's job easier. You got to. You know, a, a guy you know you can rely on, Errol Thompson at linebacker, yeah. despite all the other questions. And yeah. If all those other guys are doing their jobs, mm-hmm. I mean, that secondary question, which is what everybody's big question is with that defense, it's not as big a question if there's some disruption being caused, you know, from other places. Here, here's my first question, and maybe it's not a Mississippi State-related question. It's because everybody, how is redshirting going to work this year? Because as we've said, there's no non-conference games anymore. So, you know. How are they going to make that work? I I thought, you know, prior to all this, that maybe like one of the top priorities in terms of the depth chart would be to redshirt Garrett Trader. But now I'm, I'm concerned about that because to redshirt him means you have to establish Jalen Maiden as number two, as number two guy. And I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's what they want to do. Schrader is far more proven. I think he's more talented. He certainly gives you another dimension with the running game. So well, how I mean, does that work? How, do, you, do you think – I mean, we, we've been talking about trying to figure out what they're going to do with rosters and eligibility and everything else. Is it possible that there's just not a lot of red shirts this year? Well, it could be, but, I mean, realistically, when you're playing 10 SEC games, I don't know if they're going to – maybe you know the answer to this question. Maybe I should know the answer to this question, but I don't. Red shirting, typically, you can play in four games or less. Correct. I, uh, are they going to drop that down to maybe three games or less or something? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, state playing Arkansas and Vanderbilt 
gives them an opportunity to play some of the young well, guys. Well, what I was going to say is, if you're playing 10 SEC games, I don't know if you're, apart from injury, going to have just a ton of opportunity to get your backup quarterback in the game anyway. That's true. So you could keep him, whoever, Garrett, if you wanted him to be the backup, in four games or less. I'm trying to think, how many games last year did they make a change in? I don't. I think Tennessee was one. Auburn was one. So there's two right there. Um, Tommy did not play against Alabama or uh, LSU. Or is that the other way? Tommy Garrett didn't play against uh, Alabama. Tommy didn't play against LSU. He got hurt in the the Southern Mississippi game. They changed quarterbacks in the Kansas State game, but that's not a conference game. Garrett Trader played the whole Kentucky game. Garrett Trader played the whole Ole Miss game. Arkansas was all Tommy. All Tommy Stevens. Garrett Trader didn't play in that game at all. Yeah. So there were two games last, two SEC games, where they made a change. Tennessee and uh, Auburn. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something they're going to – that's one of the questions I have. If you're talking about actual specific But you can't look at what happened last year. You can't. And make any judgment. You can't. You can't. If you're looking at specific MSU questions, it sort of starts for me at the receiver position. And mine is about one guy in particular, and that's Tyrell Shavers. You know, you read some message board stuff from guys that, you know, report on this beat, and they're they're not overly high on Tyrell Shavers as being a, a big contributor. I don't see how that's possible. From a physical standpoint, he's a beast, six foot six and two hundred plus pounds. He should at least be a great red zone target. I just don't see how you can look at MSU's receiving core, and you know even the guys who have done something like like Osiris Mitchell and not say Shavers could come in immediately. I think that might be a an issue of people not doing the math. And what I mean by that is, even the six leading receiver is going to catch fifty passes. You know, so if that's Shavers, so be it. That's a big contribution though to me. I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't contribute a good bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you I know, mean, you and I, when we did our confidence ratings we, in 22, we, we, we were like, well, we, should we have started this? Yeah. And I think Heath, I mean, with what we know of Leach being a disciplinarian, this might bump him down the depth chart a little bit. That gives Shavers a chance to, to move up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of that – because let's be honest, a lot of times when you – do this job and you you get try to get a feel of what's happening in practice when you don't get to see practice. I mean, you're talking a lot of times to assistants, that sort of deal. I wonder if a little bit of it's just a let's don't hype him up too much kind of thing, you know? Let's, let's kind of – let's don't make everybody think this is the next, you know, number one draft pick kind of dude. Could he be? Maybe. I, you know, I, I guess – if I was an assistant and I was talking to a reporter about what happened in practice, I might say so-and-so looks pretty good, but I would kind of pump the brakes on making anybody go over the moon about him, you know? So yeah. maybe that's it. I'm not saying that's it, but... I mean, I, I just see that you got a former you know, top 20 wide receiver who has been coached by you know the Alabama coaching staff and played with those four first-rounders, and now you're putting them into an offense or they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. I'm sorry. I'm going to have high expectations of that guy. There's no way around that. I will consider it a major disappointment if he's here next year. You know, He has a second year of eligibility. I will be incredibly disappointed if he doesn't have a big enough year to go ahead and go pro. Or, you know, at the very least, to have that option. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, he decided to come back for one more go. You know, I, I just don't see that. That, that That's just my thought process. That's, is that... 
Is that too much to put on a guy, though, that's caught, like, what, two passes in his career? Maybe. But let's put it to you like this. If State had signed Tyrell Shavers as a junior college wide receiver, it's kind of the same sort of situation, right? Comes in with two years of eligibility. I would have those same expectations. I had them for Stephen Gidry. That's what I was going to say. Don't – I think we're all – and I, you, I, probably a lot of people listening are probably a little too guilty sometimes of having – tremendous expectations for guys that we hadn't seen do a darn thing whether it's like whop back in the yeah. day you he was a freshman and i lord a lot of people thought he was i thought he was going to come in yeah being a well, immediate I mean, impact that's, guy that's, gidry we've already done it with heath thinking he's going to step right in be a starter maybe that's the lead. what recruiting is though i guess when so. you recruit high four-star guys you expect them to be contributors if they're not they're bust Stephen gidry was a bust Devonte jason's a bust we'll see what happens with 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 heath and with shavers but you can't – if you sign those guys, you have to expect them to perform. Otherwise, what are you doing? Well, I'll also throw this out there, and it's a thing that I've said about quarterbacks that I'll now apply to the wide receivers. Mike Leach's offense always puts up passing numbers, and half of that equation is receivers catching the football. And so he's never had a group not be able to put up yards. So that leads you to believe that whoever the receivers are, you just fill in the name. Somebody's going to be catching some passes. I don't know if that's going to be Shavers. Maybe it's Rufus Harvey or somebody. I don't know. But Mike Leach teams have a ton of passing yardage every year, always among the top 10 or so in the country. Somebody's going to be catching the football. Yeah. So it's just a matter of who. I mean, there's only so many receivers on the roster. And if it, if if it doesn't work here, it's going to be the first time it ever didn't work. If there's 10 receivers on the roster between wide receivers and tight ends, taking out Kylan Hill, eight of those guys are going to catch 40 passes. Shavers has got to be one of them. If, if Shavers is the odd man out in that, and you're telling me that if we come back in December and Javante Payton, Austin Williams, Jaquavius Spivey, Dante Jones have all caught more passes than Shavers, why did you bring him in? Yeah, you because know, I mean, at that point, I certainly wouldn't expect him to have a monster senior year. So, I, I'm going to have high expectations until shown otherwise uh, of Tyrell Shavers and of that group as a, as a, as that as that group of that group as a group of that group as that group of a as a whole. I mean, you don't have any choice but to have some high expectations. They they're going to throw the football, so it you know they're going to have to figure that out. Who do you trust more? Mississippi State's wide receivers, Mississippi State's defensive backs. <sighs> there's one for, there's one <laughs> sure thing in both of those groups, and he's on the defensive backs, and that's Marcus Murphy. He's a sure thing. So if I went on that, I'd have to be I'd have to say hit them. But that said, I feel like the wide receivers will be more productive. I got some more concerns in the secondary for sure. Um, another guy that I'm I'm interested in seeing, you know. I'd like to wish we could get out to practice to take a look at him. And we were just talking about, you know, when you recruit highly recruited players, you expect big things. I expect Charles Cross to show us as a redshirt freshman that he's going to be a stud at this level for the next two to three seasons for Mississippi State. When you sign a five-star guy of that caliber, I don't expect to see them in Starkville for a senior season. Yeah. I didn't ex- when Simmons signed, didn't expect him to be here. Uh, and I was right. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a genius or anything. Most everybody would have told you the same. But when you sign a five-star guy, there's a certain expectation level. You know, though, when one of your biggest question marks about your offensive line is a five-star guy? Yeah. 
That's a good. You're, that's you're a good in a pretty good spot. Yeah, they, they, the, the the offensive line, you know, as as bad as the wide receiver recruiting has been, the offensive line recruiting has been good. You've done. You got the right mix of you know. You got some highly touted guys. These couple of transfers have come in that are look like they're well placed to, to you know do well. You've got a JUCO guy in there making a contribution, and you've got your diamonds in the roughs who, yeah. who have been two three year starters for. I you. mean, you think about it. Somebody of like Island or Sharp or Lashley, mm-hmm. somebody's gonna be on the bench of that group. Yeah, like somebody's not Cole gonna Smith. start. Yeah, you know, Cole Smith signed with LSU and Al- and Lashley signed with Alabama. You know, and one of those some of those guys are not going to be on the starting lineup. So that's good. You've got depth. And like I said, your your biggest concern is your left tackle, who was the number two offensive lineman in the country his senior year of high school, and was a five star and a you know Under Armour All American or U.S. Army All American, whatever it was. You know, he the talent's clearly there. When I when I talk to coaches, everybody raves about him. Yeah. So, so I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see that guy. So I maybe mean, it's not so much a question as I just you know he has to deliver. That's that could almost sort of like be a theme for a lot of the guys on this team. They've got to deliver. You know, Kylan Hill has to deliver. Kylan Hill has put himself in a position where he has become one of the faces of college football. Can't step back now and, you know, not do well in this offense. He needs to come out. And I'm not saying he has to. He's obviously not going to rush for 1,200, 1,300 yards. But he needs to be close to that 1,600, 1,700 all-purpose number. And he needs to be pushing double-digit touchdowns. So, again, that's not a question so much as it just, uh, you yeah. know, an observation. So, you know, what's a question that you have? What's a question that w- you, you need answered this offseason, these, these next few weeks? Oh, gosh. Um, we go straight to defense? Almost all of my big questions are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you mentioned Marcus Murphy. Who's the other safeties? Yeah. I mean, who, who are those guys? Fred Peters. Seems like it. I don't think C.J. Morgan's going to be ready to go at the start of the season. Um, you know, Kyle Cass just arrived on campus. Um, you know, I don't know. Landon Gidry? Don't know. I'd look at a roster, but there's not one. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there uh, eventually. The, uh, I mean, Do you trust anybody outside of Murphy? I mean, Emerson? Do you trust Emerson? I, I believe Because I kind of do. I believe in Emerson. I don't yeah. know if trust is the right word, but I know he's talented. <laughs> yeah. And I know that he can play. But, I mean, he's a true. he was a true freshman last year. He had some moments. Yeah. But he had some moments where he looked like a true freshman, too. So, you know, he's got to take that step forward. If he can do that, yeah. he can. Be, I think he could be a really great player for Mississippi State. But we'll have to see. I mean, the... <laughs> The opportunity is there for the taking for some young guy to just step right in. Sean and, Preston. Yeah. Dylan Lawrence. You know, something like that. The other question we have in the secondary, and I guess is the one that's you know been hinted about on message boards for quite a while, is Tyler Williams. Nobody knows what's going on with him. There's a lot of rumor that he is not participating in drills. It's not a COVID opt-out. It's something else going on, but we don't have any uh, thing of that. We hope to get that kind of clarity, I guess. Maybe Tuesday when we talk to him. It, it'll be no him. later than Tuesday because we actually talked to Mike Leach on Tuesday. We're, so we're we are supposed to talk to Mike Leach. Clear on that Tuesday. up, yeah. Clear up that verbiage there. We have yeah. nothing set in stone yet. That's true. Um, so yeah, even if we, we don't have a roster, out, we want to find will. out what's going to go on there. You know, finding out what's happening with him because that's a guy you had penciled in as a starter, and now if he's not starting, you know, who's your, who's your other corner? I mean, here's here's what is interesting. There's this website that's called rlads.com. They do a depth chart for everybody. Now, it's not always accurate, but you at least get a, a sort of a feel for it. 
They have Emerson listed as one corner. Tyler Tyler Williams is the other. They don't even have a backup listed for Martin Emerson. And then the backup listed for Tyler Williams is Corey Charles. (laughs) I mean, there's not a lot of guys there. You know, honestly, right now, State is missing Jerry and Jones. Because if Tyler Williams was out, you just plug Jerry and Jones in there and you'd be fine. But instead, you know, you you have to figure some things out. A guy like, well, could Emmanuel Forbes have to play very early? Talked about not redshirting guys. I don't think Emmanuel Forbes has a chance of redshirting. I think he'll be a part of the rotation from day one. Um, do they possibly look at moving Tulu Griffin over there? That's been sort of an offseason message board kind of theme. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Mike Leach wants to give everybody their first crack on offense, but I don't know. I don't know. They, they've got to find some guys there. The secondary is, is the biggest question mark on the team. I'm kind of the opinion. I, I know it's going to be hard for fans to accept it in the midst of games, but I'm kind of of the opinion, like, if there's ever a season where you just throw some young guys out there and just see what you got, yeah, this may be it. Like, 10-game SEC schedule, you're just hoping to get the games in, for one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a prime opportunity. This season's going to be weird, folks. Just might as well... See what you got, right? <laughs> I mean, throw them out. I mean, I know you want to win every game that you can. I, I get it, and I'm not saying that you you lose games just to get guys experience. But given what all has transpired for everybody over the last six months or so, this is as good a season as any to just run some young guys out there and hope for the best. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I don't. I don't think you're wrong anyway. Looking at this depth chart, what other questions? I mean, I guess is it the biggest picture question that you know can what Mike Leach likes to do offensively work? Yeah, but you know, if for whatever reason it struggles or it doesn't work, I don't really hang that on Leach yeah. right now. Yeah, I hang it on the the receiver group that basically was going to be here even if he wasn't here. You know. So, do you think that looking ahead? Let's play a little look ahead here. Like next year, do you think the state might be starting two or three true freshman receivers? Neighbors and Knox and maybe Burkhalter or more? I mean, maybe. Maybe. But yeah. don't don't forget guys like Harvey and yeah. and those guys, too. That's the thing, though. I feel like I won't be totally surprised if at the end of this, the, the, like the leading receivers on the team aren't the guys from last year. If you told me like Shavers, Heath, Ducking, Griffin, and Harvey – are the top guys on this receiving core, and that Mitchell is sort of that sixth or seventh guy, and Peyton Williams are way down the list. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be surprised by that. It would be a little surprising to me if he, if uh, not he, um, Mitchell. Yeah, if Mitchell wasn't somewhere up near the top. What if he just is what he is last year? He's a forty catch receiver. I just again, I don't think you can compare what he was last year. I mean, to- I, I get that, but I don't know. I just won't be completely surprised. If we see a total changing of the guard there. I'm not floored. It's just that given what State has been from a passing standpoint the last couple years, Mitchell's been the most productive of them all, basically. That's true. That's true. So I feel like if he can be what he's been in those offenses, then he can take a step forward in this one. Could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Before we get into our final questions, let's move on into our – ad break here and talked about our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who really did a good job with me this week and those beef cheeks delicious the cheek of the animal I had no idea it could be so delicious very beefy if you like your beef it tastes like beef get the cheeks 
And I'll tell you another thing. This was the great thing about Welcome Home Beef. I, I watched the video on how to prepare this, right? So he's talking about how there's so much fat on these things. you got to really trim them down. Not when you order from Welcome Home Beef. Those things came trimmed and ready to go. All I had to do was season them, cook them, and eat them. And that's how I like to do business. So give them a call today at area code 662-268-8148. Or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. And, of course, don't forget these over the weekends, 11 to 2 and 6 to 10, Friday, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the uh, the food truck's going to be running out there. I know some of you guys went out there this weekend. I saw some of you guys talking about it. Uh, it's if, you, if, you're not, if you're not, if I haven't sold you on Welcome Home Beef, go out there and buy a burger, buy a steak, eat that, and then tell, walk away and tell me that's not the best you've ever had. If you haven't, if you, have, if you can do that, well, I guess you're wrong. Simple as that. <laughs> All right. You're welcome to your own wrong. You're welcome opinion. to your own. You sit there in your wrongness and just enjoy it. So, again, guys, welcome home, beef. You know, you know the drill by now. Whatever you order, be it you're cooking it or they're cooking it, one thing is for sure: it just tastes good. What are we missing here? What, what are we? What are we not covered? Special teams. We haven't talked about special teams much at all. No, and it was a train wreck last year. So. Joey Jones never got a cup of coffee at all last year. Uh, he might he might still have never had one. Um, it really was. Look, every game, every game there was a special teams mistake. I know we we harped on it on things that are true basically every week, but it was true. To call it a train wreck's actually doing it a disservice for it, how bad it was. It cost you the uh, the Kansas State game. Should have won that game, but you give up a, when you had all the momentum in the world. You you give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, I mean, it just it just cost. There was a mistake in every game, and not and not just a you know offsides. There was a big mistake in every game. So that said, Tucker Day and Jace Christman might be the most experienced kicker punter duo in the in the conference. And I say this every year. And those two really weren't that much. Of they a, weren't that. The they were good last year. Good. Yeah. I mean, what does it say about Tucker Day that he got better when he stopped doing what he was told to do? It's like, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before y'all got here. Oh, now all of a sudden I'm a better punter. Chase Crispin, we all know what we're getting with him. Uh, I'm interested to see what Brandon Ruiz brings to the table. I, I guess he's going to be maybe the kickoff specialist, a little bigger leg, although Scott Goodman has held that role pretty well. Kick it into the end zone, Brandon. Please, I may ask Mike Leach, like, Mike, are you a are you a fan of this idea? Kicking it into the damned end zone? <laughs> <laughs> like, just just don't don't roll the dice. Kick it through the end zone every time. Who cares? Anywho, I'm getting myself worked up. We haven't even played a game yet. Um, so I'm interested to see with him. And then the like the thing I say every year is there are guys that I feel can be contributors in the return game. I think one of them should be Jaquavius Marks. I feel like that's an opportunity for him to shine. This is sort of the thing I said about Kylan Hill a couple years ago. Doesn't it kind of scare you to put a true freshman back there in the well, return game? I'm going to tell you what I said about Kylan Hill a couple years ago, which was... You knew he wasn't going to redshirt, and you knew Aris Williams was the top dog there in 2017. So let him return the kick so he can get gets his hands on. No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, guys, especially a running back, they're used to carrying the football. I just think of Smokey back a few years ago. Well, he wasn't a running back. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, I feel like he uh, Javante Payton is a guy who I think can make a contribution there. Um, Tulu Griffin, great speed there, so maybe he can make a contribution. Another true freshman, but he, you just need to find somebody there. I just want. Yeah, for the, it seems like for the past f- decade, MSU's kickoff return philosophy has been shoot up the middle, and if you come out on the other side, God bless you. You did it. You know, I like to see them actually set up some returns every now and then. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. So. Yeah. 
You 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 drained that coffee, man. You killed it. It just uh, it's like it's like eating, it's like Popeye eating his spinach over there. Uh, so yeah, I don't know who the return guys are going to be. I know that State has guys that I feel comfortable. Honestly, another guy I wouldn't mind seeing Marcus Murphy. I I I said from day one he should have been on offense. Uh, not that he's not become a great safety, but he's just so good with the ball in his, the ball in his hands. I, I wish there was some more to that. <sighs> Who's going to be the biggest star on this team that we're not talking about? Ah, Costello and Hill. We know. Is it a receiver? It, it, it could. It could be somebody like Jordan Davis or somebody. That's a good choice. I like that choice. Um, somebody that can create pressure and because look, if this team can find a way to cause pressure and get quarterbacks to make bad decisions then all of a sudden all the inexperience in the secondary gets negated a little bit you know if you got quarterbacks just scared for their life back there having to throw the ball when they don't want to i mean that, that makes your secondary better they're going to have an opportunity to step in front of a, a badly thrown pass um so yeah I, it, that would be a good sign if it's somebody like a jordan davis that's a good call. Uh, what if it's Martin Emerson? Yeah, that could be. So I guess what we're trying to say is if State has a a defensive player emerge, that is a huge thing for Mississippi But still, State. that's that's more that's more hope, you know, than actual data-driven <laughs> here's who it's going to be. Although uh, Jordan oh, yeah. Davis, his recruiting profile shows that he should be an impact player. No, no, I mean, the guy was the number one JUCO player in the country. Yeah. Had offers from, I mean, legit said, offers, Alabama and Tennessee. said JUCO guys don't always step right in and so, yeah, it's, have it's, an impact. Is but. he is he going to be Danico Autry or is he going to be Montez Sweat? You know, and then I, here's the thing. Somewhere in the middle of that, and not that Danico Autry was a bust or anything. He was a good player, but his recruiting profile led you to believe that he should have been what Montez Sweat was. Honestly, Montez Sweat's recruiting profile shouldn't did not lead you to believe he was going to become what he did. So somewhere in the middle there is a still a really good football player. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess like the next thing down, I'm trying to think who was like who's a good JUCO bust. I don't you know, Kamaw Jackson. I'm gonna throw <laughs> a name blast from the past there. Uh, no, no offense to Kamaw Jackson if he's leaving. I have a funny story about him though, but I can't tell it on the air. Uh, I'll tell you afterwards though. Every day, uh, there's, there's there's always, always a, story. a story. Yeah, I think I, I may have told you, but uh, so yeah, there 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 are unknown superstars to be named on this defense. They they just got to find them. Is Trey Lawson one of those guys? Um, you know, we've talked about pick. Well, they they better hope there there yeah, there are. Yeah, if and if there's not, not, if they're not, they better be a really good. And a, if if all the unit. if all the guys we're mentioning as guys that could be, if they're not, you know, if if Jordan Davis isn't that good mm-hmm. for whatever reason, if Martin Emerson doesn't take another step, and, yeah, I mean, all they're of a sudden you, you got a defense there that is probably not good. Yeah, and. You know, State's not going to be able to win shootouts, I wouldn't think, with LSU, Bama, and, and right. whatever, if you can't play a lick of defense. No, you're right. You're right. If I, if I hand you a copy right now of the postseason All-SEC team, mm-hmm. is K.J. Costello on it? First team. I'm just about that. First team? Yeah. I was going to say yes until you said first team, and I'm not 100% sure it'll be a first team. Okay. Kylan Hill? Najee Harris is going to be off top, top they, on a first team. Well, they, they take two backs. That's right. That's right. I'll, I'll say yes then. Okay. That's right. A Mississippi State wide receiver. Yes. A Mississippi State defensive player not named Errol Thompson or Marcus Murphy. My gut is no. Mm-hmm. 
But if you told me yes, man, that makes me feel a lot better about this season. Yeah. If this was if, – if there are bowl games, will Mississippi State play in one? We're going to have some way too early projections here. Uh, yeah, because I think they'll be 500. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the benchmark's going to be, but typically it's 6-6, six and six, so 5-5 five and five gets you into a bowl. Yeah. And I, I think I read a thing back a few weeks ago that said maybe some under 500 teams would get in. So, yeah. I feel like at worst they're like 4-6. and six. I feel like 5-5 five and five is almost sort of the floor. I feel like for sure Vanderbilt, uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, and Missouri. And Missouri. That's three. And I feel like they can beat Ole Miss. Yeah. And then win one more. Yeah. And you could beat Kentucky. You could, could beat, beat Kentucky, A&M. Beat A&M, beat Auburn. Maybe Auburn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You could, if things, if 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 it was all Burrow and Brady, you could beat LSU. Yeah. Your problem there is you're going into, well, I don't know. You're, you're no going fans, into what? A, a fanless yeah. Tiger Tiger Stadium? I mean, they're still in phase one down there, so... That's a different question because so all of a sudden, if you've got to go into a fanless Bryant Denny, yeah. Well, think about it like this: what what a great year to have those games on the road. Yeah, yeah. If you got to go in there right now, I think Louisiana is still in phase one. They can't have any kind of mass gatherings. What if you play LSU week one? Hey, you go to an empty Tiger Stadium. That's something to think about. Yeah, something to consider. And it really does feel like, yeah. given the fact that the governor in the state of Mississippi has said it, for high schools to Two fans or whatever, yeah. two family members per participant. Yeah, feels like there's going to be some level of fans in the stands. I don't some, know, twenty five percent or less. Louisiana's a little different, I think, because I mean, because New Orleans became such a hot spot for it. Yeah, but I was talking about for state. Oh, for so state, maybe yeah. they can still have. I think they're going to be a little fans. bit of a home field advantage anyway. There'll be a few cowbells clanging. Yeah. Uh, maybe look at an MSU single season passing records. Number three is going to be KJ Costello at worst. State's only had two three thousand yard seasons. Both Dak Prescott, 14 and 15. Number three is Tyler Russell at 2,897 yards. That's going down. Yeah. I'm just telling you, right now, I will not be surprised if he still throws for 4,000 yards. How amazing would that be if the the best passing season in Mississippi State history is it's from now, a guy in a season wait, wait. playing all SEC teams with two less games than everybody yeah. else? But, I mean, that's the, the nature of this offense. I know. Here, here's Here's something funny. If he finishes with 3,721 yards, he'll be the 10th all-time leading passer in MSU history. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, Tommy Farr threw for 3,720 yards in 1967, 68, and 69. If Costello throws for 37-21, he'll be number 10 all-time in one season. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that is, that's pretty funny. Uh, so, Hey, are we wrapping up? Yeah. Before we do, yeah. I don't know if you've read my article on cowbellcorner.com. Which one? Uh, the one that was inspired, actually, by one of you guys' rumblings questions of mm-hmm. if you could pick one player oh, from yeah, the past. Yeah. I put six on there. I don't know if you read it. I did to not see read the it. six. I was going to see if you thought I should have taken one of them off and put somebody else. But the six that I put were mm-hmm. Jeff Simmons, who yeah, I think is the undisputed yeah. number one to me. Yeah. Um, Eric Moulds. Number two, no, no question. Um... Smoot. Yeah, absolutely. I put Dak on there. Yeah, I mean... You're set at quarterback, but... Yeah. It's Dak. It's Dak. Yeah. Um, Prather. Pick Prather. Pick Prather, sure. Dog I, safety, kind of the same defense a little bit. He wasn't a dog safety, though. Was he not? I guess he was as a, as a, after his uh, freshman year, yeah. And... Uh, or his, his sophomore year. 
former host of Keeping It 100, Chad Bumpus. Bumpus would be an interesting one, being a slot receiver. Yeah. Take away that return issue, too. I, I don't have a problem with any of those. Yeah. Who, uh, the other, who else would you throw in there? Maybe another... Uh, oh, gosh. Some were saying Slay, but I, I see him more as a... He had a... I mean, not that he was bad at State. He was good at State, but his somebody, pro career is really somebody good. Somebody like a Montez Sweat. A, a just another guy on that def- a, a, a true pass rusher that's what I don't know right now I, if you said who's going to lead MSU in sacks this year I have no idea I have no idea if you made me guess I would guess Spencer Marquis Spencer is a good but it could be like five different guys yeah, it, could it could be could. Kobe Jones it could be Jordan Davis it could be Trey Lawson it could be Tyrus, da- Tyrus Wheat I mean it could be a lot of guys so another proven linebacker might be a, a, a good one yeah. maybe a uh, you know, Errol's, Errol sort of got the middle yeah. lined up. So, like a, a Connor Stevens or a. Ackerman's on. Well, I know, I know, I want to give you a little Ackerman boost there. Or um, Greg Favors would be a good choice there. Connor was more DN, though, wasn't he? Oh, he played at 335, though. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, yeah, he was playing on the outside. So, yeah. So that that's the only thing I might I might change, but it, I think it's a good six that you gave, no yeah. question. And I stuck to like the last thirty years. I had some people that was like, "How'd you only stick to the last 30? Well, I'm I'm thirty five, so it's tough for me to. Sorry that we didn't make Johnny Cooks <laughs> and you know Jackie Parker on the list. I, I, I'm sure that those guys would fit in too, but I just yeah. I, I have no. I mean, I mean recollection. I guess, of I guess them. if we're gonna go, you know, Jeff Simmons, we should go Billy Jackson. He had seventeen sacks in one season. <laughs> yeah, so. Right now, I want to make sure to make a prediction. Will KJ Costello be in the top ten all-time career passing yards? Will he throw for thirty-seven twenty-one? Yes. Well, he's only seventy yards short of Dak at that point for the oh, season. Oh gosh, that's right. It, so we'll see. I'll tell you. That's why I'm telling that, you. That, it's that, going that really to be is. close. It's going <laughs> to be close. Because I feel like he's north of thirty-five hundred. Three. And so, eight. if you're north of thirty-five hundred, I mean, all all you got to do is hit a, hit a couple of more it's, deep it's balls. Two more or one deep ball a game is thirty more yards. Three eighty a game. I mean, that's a question to ask Mike Leach. To be honest with you, like Mike, here, here's what I want. Do a little math. So we'll see, guys. I want you guys to have a great uh, Sunday and a Monday, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday. It felt good to talk football all show. Give it up. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Thunder and lightning's rolling. So uh, Monday show, we got to figure sort of figure out what we're going to do for well, this Tuesday. Is, this is. I, I mean, uh, yeah. We record on Monday. What, what we're going to do on Monday show for Tuesday? I don't know. Uh, but then Tuesday night, we're talking to Mike Leach, or at least we're supposed to. So we're going to have real practice-related football stuff to talk about. So looking forward to that. And then for the same for the rest of the week. Will we do rumblings that night, too? Ooh. Move them. There. That just took care of itself. Rumblings is tomorrow. Go ahead and get your questions in to me. We'll and have Joel schedule team. tomorrow, too. Yeah, that's right. The SEC football. We got a lot to talk about tomorrow, but we need to do the rumblings. Otherwise, because we're going to be talking to other people. Let's, yeah. let's, just, let's, just, let's just go with that. And so for the record, folks, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, they are doing releasing the schedule. At some point after that, we will record. Yeah. So you have a window there if you have schedule questions even. Yeah. You got plenty of stuff to do. So we're doing rumblings and schedule talk on tomorrow's show. See you tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.